Welcome to the In The Dome Podcast. 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 Battle of Alberta Edition. Battle of Alberta Edition. Honestly, okay. Are you... I'm... Literally, I'm a little surprised. We've 3-0 against the Oilers this season. We've already won the season series. Are you surprised? In a span of two weeks, we won the season series. Are you surprised? Kind of. We... That's the thing that is just so mind-boggling about how insane Oilers fans are is that we have dominated them throughout the years like absolute domination well didn't they didn't they win the season series last year lit, I'm pretty sure they've won the season series like every single season except for that like two year span with dumbass Glenn Gullitson no I was thinking the Oilers won last year didn't they were, didn't they no the Flames did didn't they we won no way I just remember Connor McDavid just schooling us maybe because we played in the first game last year right we scored a hat trick I'm right. So we tied the season series last year. Yeah, I kind of forgot about. And then they they kind of kicked our ass the year yeah, before well, the, that. The years with Glenn Gulletson, they we they always beat us. So that's why I'm kind of a little surprised, especially given the yo-yo team we've seen all year. That's why you and I are always kind of a little bit worried going to the Battle of Alberta. It's like, please don't lay a fucking goose egg against the Oilers. Well, I'm always worried about it because, like, you know, you're gonna hear it from Oilers fans regardless of the outcome. They are the worst. So at least when the Flames win, you can be like, yeah, but you lost. Even though they're still just as crazy. Like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, I'm, I'm always, yeah. I'm, I'm, you can't. It's unbearable, dude. Even when you win, I think it's just, it's, obviously it's worse. Dude, it's unbearable. So last game it was, oh, we lost, but it was worth it to see Kachuk get ragged on. My, my wish for the season is that the Oilers... Miss a playoff spot by, by two points so that we can all go back to literally every single Oilers fans on social media and say, was it still worth, Is it worth it? the loss? We're holding that in our back pocket. Just tuck that away Just in the back pocket. tuck it away in your back pocket. And then it, hopefully at the end of the season, if there is a God and there is justice in the world, you can pull that one out at the end of the year when the Oilers miss the playoffs by two points and be like, trump card. Was it worth it, Oilers fans? That would be an unreal way to stick it in their face at the end of the season if they miss the playoffs. Because it is unbelievable. Like, they're still going at, like, I don't know why they're so upset. Like, why can't they just take a loss and move on Okay, well, with their life like everyone else? Like, today now they're going on about how Giordano, oh, it's dangerous, dangerous. If it's if they don't have, they, they need somebody to blame all the time. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Somebody tweeted, I'm trying to find it right now, as I'm just going to say it, um, that the Oilers fans, when they lose, here, here's right here. Oh, it was the Weidman effect. Oh, no, never mind. It was the, the bad news goat. Bad news goat. You butthurt Oilers fans always need a villain when you lose. It's pathetic. Just move on and take the loss. It is pathetic. Like, like last night was a fun game to watch. Why can't they just be like, yeah, that was fun, we lost. Our goaltender sucked. Because... Mark Giordano made ankle contact with Connor McDavid, the guy who skates at fucking breakneck speed through the neutral zone. It's like, even if you tried to think while he was coming at you not to, like, knee him or something, you wouldn't be able to. Well, we may as well get into it right away here. But, like, what is Gio supposed to do there? Number one, like, okay, maybe I'll concede. Maybe you could call it a trip. Maybe it's interference. Maybe. The thing is... He didn't have the puck. It's not a trip. Connor McDavid never fucking lost his balance. If he falls there... If he falls there, I'm I'm fine with the trip if he falls there. But it's not a knee. Like, you can look at it every angle. You can slow it down. You can screenshot everything. His knee never makes contact with McDavid's knee. Their shins connect. Yeah, so it could be tripping. And if anything, I think Gio's in a more vulnerable spot spot if your shin's connecting. The guy's going 35 kilometers an hour. So if they should be mad at anybody, well, they shouldn't be because the officiating was goddamn terrible last night. But like, may, the, it should have been maybe a minor penalty, maybe. Well, if they that, called a minor penalty on that and not half the other crap they called last night, I would have been totally fine. Well, but did you notice that Connor McDavid throws a hissy fit on the bench? Yeah. And, breaking oh, his... oh, by the way, right after that happened... He fucking two hands. I think it's Hamnick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, with like he looks like he's trying to chop a goddamn tree down. No penalty, right? And then has a complete hissy fit. Like has a you want to you want to see Zach Cassian threw a hissy fit two week two was it two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago Zach Cassian throws a hissy fit. Connor McDavid throws a hissy fit last night. And 
the thing that's bugging me actually more is that I think this narrative is being driven solely by butthurt Oilers fans and Sportsnet. Like, do, do you want to make another documentary, Sportsnet, about that collision last night? Why don't you make a full feature this time? 60 minutes on Mark Giordano's vicious knee of Conor McDavid. Like, why is Elliot Friedman and Louis DeBrusque and all these guys so goddamn obsessed with this one meaningless play that literally happens probably 10 times a game? I was pre- where, where a forward chips a puck past the defender, the defender kind of makes slight contact with them and then backs off. I was pretty disappointed with Louis DeBrusque. I, I, I did not expect him to join the circle jerk. Dude, like, okay. The, it, was, it was more exacerbated with the McDavid-Giordano thing. I don't even know how this thing. That broadcast. My God. And again, like, it's it's unbearable. Like, it's kind of funny when you hear it. Like, you hear clips of Kevin Quinn losing his mind with McDavid. It's like, oh, he's such a homer and stuff. But when you actually have to sit there and watch and listen to a whole game of that shit, it's unbearable. It's unbearable. Could these guys get McDavid's dick out of their mouth for one second and show some kind of professionalism? Like right? an ounce. Like just a bit. Hide your bias a little bit. Like just a little bit. It's embarrassing. Like it's so bad. And that's the frustrating thing is he throws a hissy fit, breaks a stick, and then they get four like borderline calls right Dude, after that. Like, okay, so um, Kachuk got cross-checked pretty blatantly. Right into the boards. Right into the boards. Head first. You can call it checking from behind, cross-checking, boarding, whatever the fuck you want. By Darnell Nurse. And then, like, not two seconds later, Ronaldo gets a penalty for cross-checking. Phantom call. The too many men on the ice call. Oh, like, my God. How many times have you seen that not called? That literally happens a hundred times a game. I would say probably 99 times out of 100, that's not called. And they were going, oh, the Oilers bench called that one. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I'm sure they did. That high-pitched yell that was coming from Connor McDavid. <laughs> and just while we're on this bitch fest, can Connor McDavid maybe... Connor, mix in a shave. Like, I know you think you look like you have a beard. You look like a 14-year... Not even 14. You look like a 19-year-old guy in his mom's basement. Like, where's the Cheeto dust? You're just missed it, missing some Cheeto... Like, he looks like... What is he doing? He makes $13 million a year. Why can't he shave his neck beard? You want to know why he doesn't shave? Because you know what's under that beard. Just acne. Gross. Connor, and I swear to Christ, you, do, you he was drinking milk. He was... The, there's no way that was milk. Watch his post-game interview. That motherfucker is drinking milk. He's drinking a glass of milk. There's no way that's He's milk. He's drinking milk. Anyways, so the th- I know okay, we're like the, totally all over the place. The thing to with start this. the thing with the too many men, it's like, dude, like by the time that Geo was even in the play, it was like six seconds he wasn't after the in guy. The play. He's going for a change. Well, that's like, the thing. From how I understand, too many men. Like, if it had been switched, if Geo had been an active participant in the play. Well, and or, or the guy, not. or the guy coming on for Geo. Exactly, like, by he the, been just skating on. By the time Hannafin actually was in the play, it was like four seconds after Geo was already off the ice. So that was a terrible call. That I was mean, terrible. Nobody's talking about how Sam Gagne goddamn launched himself like a rocket into who was it? It was uh, Ronaldo was over there. Um, Hannafin. Hannafin, yeah, like I, I, that officiating last night was something else, man. But it was weird because I had a weird confidence that the Flames were going to win, which I rarely get. I was like, they can do this. They got this. I was a little worried. And then, my God, like, Manji Apani, holy sh... Like, okay, it was funny because was it yesterday? Yes, it was yesterday. Yesterday. I said to you, I said on a live, I'm like, Manji Apani, he hasn't had a point in 11 games. He's like an analytics god. But at some point, you need to produce. You can't just be an analytics god. Boy, he sure produced last night, didn't he? He produced... Oilers are celiacs. That's a, red, baby. You know what? I, have you noticed this trend? Mangiapane thrives against both Vancouver and Edmonton. It's like, I don't know if it's divisional teams, but he seems to always score against Vancouver and Edmonton. Well, we're going to get back on track and go through this in a linear fashion, but last complete side note, it was interesting to me last night who was good, who really stood out. Because last night was an intense, probably close to a playoff game atmosphere as you'll get. Dude, I was like, literally, was my palm, my, my palms were like sweating yeah, the whole was, time. It was I couldn't I didn't go to sleep till like three a.m. Like I was so pumped. That was fucking intense. Yeah. And who are your best players? 
Matthew Kachuk. Manjipani. Manjipani. I thought Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan. the fuck up. Sean Monahan showed the fuck Rasmus up. Rasmus Anderson played unbelievably well. I, Oliver Shillington played incredibly well. David Riddick David stole Riddick. the show once again. So in games like that, it's interesting who was like, wow, what a great game. You know who we didn't notice? Johnny Goudreau, where the hell were you? I didn't know. I, I was Outside of the last, last seven, seven minutes, minutes, he had some good, he, he buzzed around a He bit. came down on the rush and actually had some jump. It's like, where was that all game? But, like, I was ta- I was texting with, so, like, there's a group I text with my brother and his friend, my dad and whatever. Um, he Like, he looks scared out there. It's like, as soon as the intensity picks up, and it's like, the physicality picks up with it, like, he starts to fade away. Well, it's like, I texted you, I was like, okay, Chucky's in the game. Monty's in the game. Where's Kudrow? The thing is, like, he's got nothing to be scared about. Like, it's just so how, odd. How is an intense physical game any different for him than any regular NHL game? Well, and it's so odd to see, like, how much he dominated last year. Like, how much... The ability he had last year to take over a game. And then to see him be, like, so ineffective. Do you think he just has Anaheim Ducks PTSD? Like, I really don't know. Where he was... Heavily, yeah, two years ago. he was heavily targeted in an intense playoff style matchup. So now we will intense playoff style. Like, I, I mean, mean he's on hands fighting, and you're still not really in the game. Like, what's going on? Man? Was was Johnny invisible against the Colorado series? I didn't think so. I don't think so. And I think he, he was gets, one of our better players. Yeah, he's unfairly criticized for that series. I didn't have much of a problem with no, him. He was fine. In that but series, but this season, yeah. And last night is a great example of it. It's like, dude, we're like, where are you? Where's your head? Exactly. Like, and even when he is doing what he does, which is controlling the puck in the offensive zone, he's not really creating much dangerous, anything that's dangerous. And I mean, like, he just, like, he fumbles the puck more than he usually, like, it's just, I don't know. Well, we, we said this before. Like, even the, even the two-on-one, sorry to interrupt you. There, there was a two-on-one, I think, I don't know if it was in the third. No, it might have been in the second period. Um, he has a two-on-one with Monaghan, and it's just like, he can't make it happen. He just looks like... I don't even know what he looks like. But he waited, 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 waited. Kind of fed it to Monaghan too late. It was just like, that's not Johnny Gaudreau. Where is this guy? We were talking about this earlier this year. And you look at his season last year. When it was like, holy shit, man. This guy... Because before last season, if you look at Johnny Gaudreau's career, the way I've seen it is at times... He is just as good as anybody in the league. Last season, he was just about as good as anybody for almost the whole season. He was, for me, he was in like McDavid level. I think we, I think we even talked. I think we even talked about that last year, you and I. Yeah. And we said, "Fuck, he's in the top five with McDavid." Totally. Like, and, on, would, and on some nights, I'll take Johnny over McDavid. Totally. With how much he could create last year. Was how dominant and how. How he could take over a game with his skill last year. And the thing that made him so successful was going to the danger areas. He's still good at zone entries, but he's just button hooking every single time he's doing that soft delay where he waits for guys. And that's not a bad play. But when you always do that and you're never cutting to the center of the ice anymore and going to that danger area and finding slot opportunities. Yeah. It's like, and part of it is like, I th- maybe he is scared. I, I literally don't know. But why? You did it so effectively last year. What's changed? It, it, I, like, I, I can't, I'm at a loss. And I, you've heard me say this 150 times. This team will go as far as Johnny Gaudreau will take them. I still don't think they're going very far unless he can figure a way to get out of this slump, out of this funk, whatever he's in. Because last night, like, you got some good performances, but I mean, you barely squeaked out a win against the Oilers. So, and that's two games in a row where he didn't do much. And you still managed to get three points. Like, that's not going to continue, so. Except, it's weird because in that last seven minutes, we did have that really good rush. It's like, there he is. He's not, he didn't look scared then. Yeah, exactly. What changed? That's what's so weird. You see flashes of it, you're like, oh. Like, he was, he was timid up until that point. Yeah, like, I mean, I think it was, it was against the Rangers. He had a really good game. I think there was one game right before the All-Star break. He had a really good game. Um, where it was like, oh, oh, there's Johnny Gaudreau. And then it's just like, next game, he's invisible. I, I just don't know what's going on. So You got to think it's a motivating factor. I, I don't know. Like, I literally have no clue, dude. But, like, I'm looking at last night's game where he looks timid, and I'm like, 
I'm trying to figure out what does he actually have to be scared about? Like in a game like that where it's like everything's amplified. Like, do you think anybody's like gonna target Johnny? No. Like, why is he scared? I don't know if how he's do, scared. Though. How does is that, that what it is? How does that style of game change the way he plays? It should. I'm trying to figure out why. It shouldn't. It should make him better. I think it's because he's scared. I really don't. I have no explanation. What other reasoning would there be? I have no clue. Although I guess he's been like that all year, so maybe it's not because he's scared. Maybe there's a whole other thing going on. Unless, yeah, like I I don't have a good explanation, but I mean, regardless. But then he didn't play a scare at all in that last like seven minutes. So I don't know. Something switched for him where he's like, oh, I can play this game. Do do we not remember how dominant this guy has been in his career and especially last year in overtime? Yeah. Have you seen, like the Flames have gone to a lot of overtime games this year. Have you seen him do any like anything in overtime? No, it's like Chucky Lindholm are the only guys. Like seriously. Okay, so why don't we just quickly debrief the St. Louis game and then get into the, everything? Let's else. finish the Oilers game end on the St. Louis. You want to do that? Yeah, we're on a roll. Okay. Unless that's really gonna. No, it's not gonna screw me up. It's okay. Just, I like to save the best for last, so. I like to get rid. Right, let's let's, let's just, get into let's it. Let's sink our teeth right let's into the do juice. It. All right. So going another, into last another, night. Okay, going into last night. Good call. I mean... The big question the big mark... The question was, what is going to happen with Chuck and Cassian? And for me, the even bigger question mark is, what, how is Chucky going to handle this? Yeah, because you know, you know what Cassian was probably thinking. Because we... Well, Cassian had come to... He'd come to some sort of zen place, I think, finally. Zen? It took him two weeks. I think so. You got to a place where like, no, we just need the win. I guess. You probably just got chewed up by the coach. Well, obviously. But for me, the biggest thing was, what's Chucky going to do next? Next, And we've been talking about this. It's like, he's the type of guy that he's a fucking anomaly. And you have to go back and look at how he handled the whole Drew Doughty situation. When he elbowed Drew Doughty in the head. With pretty dirty play, we may add. Because this is... Admittedly, a- probably, yeah. Like, probably the only dirty, truly dirty plays ever made yeah i would agree with that yeah it's a very similar situation of what happened after the game there was comments by drew doughty the team made comments they knew chucky was going to be a target the next time they played yada 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 and then so the next game what does chucky do he fucking just targets drew doughty all game long it was right after him there was like that huge open ice hit where he just about decapitated him like did you expect that it's like oh shit Matthew Kachuk, nice response. And then he also fought. So it was kind of like when you look at the the whole evolution of the fans' love affair with Matthew Kachuk, like how much of it starts right in that period? Oh, 100%. Where it's like the balls on this guy. And not even the balls, but like the this I, guy's a gamer. The I don't give a fuck. Exactly, yeah. So that's why this whole casting thing, which is pretty much the same thing playing out again, how so interesting, and how does he respond? Because even you go back to two weeks ago, he totally goaded Zach Cassian into a penalty which led to the, winning the game. He knew what he was doing. So now it's like, he's smart. We know he's smart. We know he's not an idiot. So it's like really fascinating to see, okay, how does Chucky approach this game next? So what was your synopsis? What would you say his approach was? Well, he said after the game, and it was interesting to even hear his rationale. He was like, I didn't, he didn't say this explicitly, but he didn't say the fight was about answering the bell. Well, and first off, who expected him to fight? I think very few people. Like, turtle, turtle, blah, blah, blah. And this is classic Chucky. He does, you don't know what he's going to do next. He zigs when he thinks he's going to, he doesn't even zig when he thinks he's going to zig. He fuck, like, what's a different, he does a fucking, he does a backflip. Fucking 1080 backflip spiral fucking whatever. Exactly. So, like, he said, like, after the game, he was like, yeah, I just felt like I kind of got embarrassed on home ice. I want to stand up for myself. And the, the the line that, like, to me is explains Chucky to a T. He said, the more I heard people say you don't have to fight him, you shouldn't fight him, the more I kind of wanted to do it. Yes, I love having this guy on our team. I love this guy. And that's Matthew Kachuk. That's why we love him. Anyways. So the game starts out. The Flames score, which I think was perfect. 
That's exactly what they need to do. Another good start. Goal. Another good start. Because you know all the dumb Oilers fans are all riled up, blah, 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 blah. Yep. It's like instant. And not only that. Take not, the focus off Magic Chuck Zach Cassian, too. Not only that, but it's the first time we've played Mike Smith. Oh, God. I forgot about that. And what a classic Mike Smith's goal. That was the most Mike. Well, he's, that wasn't the sitting. most Mike Smith's goal of the night, but we'll get to that later. He wasn't even sitting on the goal line. He's In the net. He's sitting in the net. And it's like. Everyone's like, oh, I don't know how that got in. Lucky bounce. It's like, no, any other goalie wouldn't even, that wouldn't even been like a, a chance. Because he would have, like, if, if you're any other goalie at the top of your crease, you just grab that. The only reason how that puck goes in is because you have Mike Smith in net. And he's literally sitting on his goal line. So, I mean, so that was that was a beautiful. Thing. You and I were texting right away. I was texting other people right away, just, just fucking laughing. Yeah, like, just, thank God this guy's on our team. Classic Mike one. Smith. Just classic. Anyway, so honestly, like the Kachuk and Cassian stuff, like I, I have, I don't get jacked up by fights a lot. I was losing it when Sean Monahan was fighting Ryan Nugent. Were you? I was losing it. I was like in shock. I was just absolutely blown away, blown away. Like, and I actually, of all the dorks on the Oilers, I actually don't mind Nugent Hopkins. But Sean Monahan fucking dropped the gloves and like was throwing punches. Did you hear? It was awesome. Did you hear Monty's uh, explanation afterwards? No. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I I figured I was gonna get a penalty, and if you look at it, he does. He cross checks. Yeah, he cross checks him. Yeah. So if it ended there, he's right. He probably would have been the only guy walking away with a penalty. But he's like, I figured I was gonna get a penalty, and I didn't want to be the only guy going. So I figured I might as well just, you know. <laughs> Try and like take it further, and the next thing you know, the gloves are off. That's hilarious. That's his first NHL fight. That was sweet. He did pretty good. Yeah, although it was kind it, of funny. It was funny. It was kind of because you get that one point yeah. where it's like neither guy is holding on to each other. Yeah, and and they're just like, kind of like Whoa. you can tell they're kind of like, is it over? Yeah. Or do we keep going? The, yeah, it was good. It was so good. So then, main event time: Chuck versus Cassian. And you know what? Like, I just cannot stand the Oilers fans because. I can't stand it. Right? Because he, the guy fights him, and they're still mad. He's still a pussy. He's still, oh, still he got ragdolled. Oh, he got beat up. Well, oh, he ragdolled him. The one, the one tweet I got was um, some guy laughing. He still got ragdolled even when he tried. So would you. Who wouldn't if a crazy six foot four hockey player came up and started bashing the shit out of you? You'd get ragdolled too. You lose a fight, so you're a pussy? Yeah, apparently by these people. So here, here's how it works. If you don't fight, you're a pussy. But if you fight and you lose, you're a pussy. Pretty much how the logic goes. Yeah. yeah. That That's pretty low resolution thinking right there. That's called... That's not even... That's like missing brain cells thinking right there. Yeah. That's like there's some sort of mercury in the water in Edmonton. And again, like that's the problem with these Oilers fans is like I don't even mind if they're... If they're stupid, but at least be consistent with your stupidity. Right. At least at least have your stupid comments make some kind of sense. Follow some kind of logic instead of being just all over the place. So, you know what? I was actually glad when that was over. I was like, finally. Now it's over. Yeah. Now it's over. And I guess we'll go through this. I'm probably sure most of the listeners have followed this already. But post-game... Comments from uh, Zach Cassian and Chucky. Apparently, Chucky asked Cassian to go right, right away. And Cassian declined and said, no, I don't want to go yet. And then finally, Zach Cassian said, all right, you ready to go? Chucky said, yeah, let's do this. And then I guess Zach Cassian, before the fight, said, thanks for doing this, buddy. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> the fuck? Thanks for doing this. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate you standing up. So, okay, whatever. Everybody's like, oh, I love Zach. What a classy guy. It's like, okay, Kachuk's like 22 and a superstar in the league, but whatever. Well, and that's the other thing. It's like, how old is Zach Cassian? I think he's like 29, 30. Fully grown man, Cassian. He's a bit of a goon. Yeah. 22-year-old. Like, he's 22 years old. Come on. 22-year-old. There's no way. Like, Matthew Kachuk's, he's, he's a big guy. There's no way he's grown into that body yet. No way. There's no way he has man strength yet. Old man strength. There's no way he has old bald man strength. Right? <laughs> so, 
I mean, in what scenario is Matthew Kachuk going to win a fight against Zach Cassian? There is no scenario. And again, that's why, again, you guys, they think Matthew Kachuk is a pussy? He targeted Zach Cassian three times and then fought him. And not only that, the third time he targeted him two weeks ago was after getting assaulted by him. Guy has balls of steel. Like, of steel. Not even steel. Like, adamantium. Like, wolverine claws. Metal balls. Titanium. <laughs> Titanium. Vibranium. Iron core. Literally. Anyways, so it was kind of... I don't know. It was it was good after that. And then, honestly, like, the rest of the game kind of pissed me off. Because that's when the sh- crappy officiating started. Well, it was... You know what? It didn't actually really start until after that whole McDavid threw a sissy fit. Yeah, no. You know what? That's was that true. at the end of the first period or the second, the second? End of the second period. So, the Flames go up one nothing. Dumb Oilers score. Tied up. Whatever. Mangiapani. And then it's time for eat bread, baby. And let me tell you. That's that's kind of his patented goal, eh? Let me tell you that was a sick goal. Finding all space all over the slot down to one knee top shelf. And then somebody who set him up, a guy I really liked his game last night. Sam had a quietly a really good game with Sam Bennett. He's been... But he was very effective. You know what? He's been good the last handful of games. And here was one of my main problems with the game last night. Again, I think the Oilers probably deserve to win. But the fishing was terrible, and we were playing on the second half of back-to-back, and they're at home rested. So I give the Flames a pass for maybe not playing, putting their best performance forward. But Jeff Ward, my guy, why is Tobias Reeder in the lineup? Because it's this stupid thing that these player coaches have where it's like, well, you used to play for this team, so we're going to play you against them. Like, why is... I and I like what Ronaldo said. To Cassie, and that was sweet. And I like Ronaldo as a guy. He's funny. He's like, I'm up next. He shouldn't be in the lineup. You're paying Milan Lucic $5.25 million to do what you want. Like, you don't need Ronaldo there as well. Like, so, and then, I mean, I thought Buddy Robinson was fine. Hey, he, especially in the first period. But you don't need Ronaldo, Lucic, Reader, and Buddy Robinson in the lineup. You just don't. It was a little overboard, but. You just don't. At the same time. I kind of like to see overboard once in a while because you never see it. I I just it's like I don't I didn't mind it, I didn't mind I the only player I really had a problem with was, was Reader. Yeah, he's because like he's useless. The o- I know the only reason why Reader is in that lineup last night is because he played for Edmonton last year. Well, it's just so dumb. And then like, how do you think that like Jankowski's had enough issues this season? Guy plays a pretty good game against the Blues, scores his goal, and then he's scratched. Like, I don't think that's a good way to, you know, get Mark Jankowski going again. Oh, yeah, you scored in back-to-back games. Finally! Well, that's... Let's scratch you. That's what Ward's been doing for the last two months. Remember when Ronaldo scored, like, goals in back-to-back games? Scratched. It's just so weird. I think Reader scored a goal. Scratched. And the the way the lines are configured... And I get Buddy Robinson was fine against the Blues with, with Gaudreau and Monahan. I get that him and Gaudreau are buds. I get it. But come on! We're trying to make the playoffs here. You can't have this night after night when the lines are so goddamn bad. Who's been better with, with Monty and Johnny than Buddy Robinson after two games? Well, I'm just saying, like, you, you have to try Bennett there. You have to try Kachuk there. You've got to get something going here. You have to start icing a better lineup. Yeah. Like, you have to. Like, I get it. If you're a coach, head coach. I, Jeff Ward is losing me. If you're He's head, lost me, actually. If you're a head coach, you have to have some element of your personnel management it has to do with the whole player coach type thing. But you can't be making consistent decisions that are in favor of being that player coach perspective and like playing guys for, you know, sentimental reasons consistently at the jeopardization of winning games. And that's what we're starting to see. That's exactly what we're starting to see. And I mean, like, you're telling me Dubé wouldn't have been more effective than Reader and Jankowski wouldn't have been more effective than Ronaldo. Dubé has been a beast lately. And again, this wouldn't... How good was Dubé in the last battle of Alberta? Great! This wouldn't... This would be a... I think this would definitely be a talking point had they lost the game, which they probably... Again, they probably deserve to, but again, back-to-back, all the dumb officiating. Okay, well, let's... I look, don't mind it. I want to ask you that. Tell me why they deserve to... Why the Empton Oilers probably deserve to win that game. Well, they played better. Did the Flames really have any scoring chances other than Manjapani's two goals? Well, like the Flames were allowing a lot of scoring chances. I don't. I don't feel like a it lot was of defensive breakdowns. 
I don't feel like it was heavily once heavily tilted one way or the other. I, I think, think it was heavily. I think both teams kind of exchanged. Probably if you look at the Lions share, what the the Oilers? No, Oilers, Flames had a bit more possession. The flame, yeah, the Flames had better but, possession. Numbers, but the Oilers, but high danger was much was way more in favor of the Oilers. Right. So, and if you look at a heat map of like the, the scoring chances they had, Riddick was Riddick had to be great. Well, the thing is, if if you had Talbot's performance yeah. against. St. Louis, you lose that game. You lose that game for sure. Yeah. But if you had Riddick's performance against St. Louis, you win that game. Yeah. So it all evens out in the end. But I'm just saying, like, it's starting to get frustrating when the lines are being so consistently mismanaged. I mean, Noah Hannafin and Travis Hamannick were terrible last night. They got absolutely owned. Why they haven't been split up is absolutely mind-boggling. You and I were going over this. What in God's green earth is Noah Hannafin doing on that goal? Like, like, just picture this. If you're listening to this. There's no way if you play or watch hockey, you can say, yeah, that was... Like, nobody would make that move other than him. You're a defenseman. And a rush is coming down, so you're maintaining gap. And who was it, Benning? It was Matt Benning. Who? Benning's coming down, so that's your guy. And you know that between you and the net, or between Benning and the net, the only thing standing in his way is you, the defender. And he looks like he's going to go wide... So you bite wide when all you really have to do is just keep backing up and keep your gap? Like, why would you bite wide? Why? Like, what does that do? I get biting inside. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to lose that lane. You don't bite wide. But you're... No, Hannafin, the best part of your game is you're skating. And not even bite wide. Like, completely turn around and get spun around wide. Yeah, it wasn't even... He didn't nibble. He fucking went for the all-out buffet on that one. Did he All not? you can eat. All you can eat. Oh my god, that was so bad. That was horrendous. And the save was pretty bad too. So, like, okay, here, here's the I'm thing. Here's the like, thing. I, Riddick wants that one back. Yeah. But it shouldn't even fucking it been. Should a, never it should never No. He was probably just shocked. He was like, "Oh shit, this guy's right here." Wow. He, was, he was probably mentally processing how fucking of a bonehead exactly. play that was by his defenseman. So all to say is, yeah, we won. But it's just like it's it's starting to get worrisome. The Jeff War- like, I oh man, and yeah, I just it's, want to, I just want to mention it's true because it's the same thing we we experienced last year when we were winning. Bill Peters even said it himself. Listen, the amount of goals we're scoring is masking a lot of our issues. Yeah. We're winning games. Listen, what do we have? We're leading the league in one goal wins, aren't we not? Yeah, and in shootout wins. And in the last what twenty games, like. 80% of it or, or like higher sustainable. are all one goal wins. So that's why it worries me. It's so like over time, this is not a sustainable way to win games. It's the same situation. All these wins are really masking a lot of our big issues. And then secondarily, I know we only got one power play, but it was terrible. We just had the one. I felt like the beginning of it sucked. There were some good things in the end of it sucked. Like the setup, I... I just don't get how they can continually throw that out. The same players, the same formation. I like the results have been the same for two years. Jeff Ward was in charge of the power play last year. The power play stunk. Even though we were one of the highest scoring best teams in the league last year. The power play still stunk. Yeah. Well it goes back to that was the definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again or expecting different results. You can't keep up this power play. So like I just thought I'd throw it in there. There's just it's starting to con- it's it's always been a concern, but it's like he's got to either get this figured out or they got to get a real coach in there. Like they have to. Or what? What's the other option? Like is there other help you can get him or like or what? Like what? Like they need a real coach or need- he needs to figure it out because <sighs> it's not working right now. Anyways, okay, back to okay, the game. back to the game. Now it's tied again. Well, yeah, it was back and forth all night. It was one, one, nothing, one, one, two, one, two, two. Oh, chase on scoring the power play. When we went to that first, I'm like, oh, they're gonna score here for you. Well, and here's another example of like why I can't stand the Oilers. Like McDavid literally like, kind of just throws that puck into the middle of the ice, and it Does bounces to chase on, and they're like, "What a play! What a great vision by Connor!" Did you see the pass he made? He literally. Banked it off four sticks and it made a bounce three. T- he knew he had to make a bounce three he knew times. He bounce off three different sticks and skates and he did it. Can you believe the skill on this guy? Can you believe this skill in his neck beard? Right 
to Chaseon. They're calling him Chaseon. Oh, yeah. There's another problem I have with the Oilers uh, stupid broadcast. Hey, Kevin Quinn, you dipshit. It's David Riddick. Could you not get Riddick. Could you get a name right? It's Elias Lindholm, not Ilias Lindholm, you dumb tool. And what was the other one? Is there one more? Yeah, there was one more. Probably. Oh, oh no. We were watching some other... They call Kachuk. 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 It's Kachuk. Like, who are these dorks? Okay. So then... I, at that point, i got to be honest, I was a little worried when it was 2-2. I, I, I don't know why. Sometimes I just get these weird zen calm. Like, I was still sweating bullets. But I was just like, I think they got this. I was, I was like, I almost had like, I, my nerves were shot after that. Yeah, it was like tough. you said. I was buzzing till about wired. one a.m. Yeah, I did. was going at it with Oilers fans till one a.m. So it's two two. Enter Breadman. My God, what a game! And, and what a sick pass by Chucky. And my favorite part of that, not yes. only was yes. it, not only yes. did Andrew Magic yes. Magic Chuck make a great pass. Not only did Andrew Mangipani make a perfect play and know what he was doing because he's played with Mike Smith, but Mike Smith on his belly, flailing around, lifting his leg up so that Andrew Mangipani can tuck that puck right under his pad in is a, just art. In a last-ditch effort to make some kind of scorpion save, he lifts his puck, his pad up, so that Mangipani can just slide it right And you in know Mangipani's just like, I know what he's going to do. Because you could tell he's like waiting, waiting, waiting. There it is. Bing. Okay. So perfect. And let me tell you, like, a goal like that, this is when you hear about patience as a hockey player. The thing is, is it's one thing if you're playing, you know, minor hockey into double A, Bantam, triple A, triple A, midget, all that kind of stuff into junior and having patience like that. But when you're in the NHL and you're a young guy, and you know how fast that game is, especially when you're sitting in the lower bowl. You know how fast that game moves. For him to have that kind of poise and that kind of patience to outweigh Mike Smith like that. This guy's for real. This guy's for real, dude. It reminded me of the game one goal, actually, in uh, against Colorado. You know who else is for real is Dylan Dubé. He made the same the same move in the shootout. Sitting on the bench. Sitting, sitting the not even on the bench. Eating popcorn Well, Tobias Reeder. Tobias Reeder, yeah. Great, yeah. So then, like we Great talked about, already, stupid, stupid Benning deeks Noah Hanfin out of his pants, and see, like last night was an was an exact game on why I am willing to trade Noah Hanfin for somebody because that's what we see more often than not. It's true. It's like one, at least one or two times a game, you shake your head you're like, "How's this guy in the NHL?" And like again, occasionally he looks like, "Oh yeah." Hannafin played good tonight. Yep. Occasionally, he looks like a 3-4 guy who could be solid. Honestly. But more often than not, he's making dumb plays like that. And you watch the Flames on a night-to-night -night basis. You know that. He's the new Brody. Brody? What What did Brody do last night that was really dumb? Oh, it was on the... Was it on the first goal? On yeah, the face-off. Yeah, yeah. What the hell is he doing? Well, everybody just fucked that one up. Like, what was he doing? He, like, totally... I don't know what he was doing. But like Noah Hannafin, I, I'm like the risk we the risk you take in trading a 22 year old defenseman on a okay value contract, I think is worth it because a play like you just can't, you can't teach that. Like what do they say to him on the bench? Hey Noah Hannafin. Hey, do you, do you know how to play hockey? I think like, that's my question. Could you explain what you're doing here? What were you trying to accomplish by jumping at the boards? Like it's not just he doesn't misread that play. It's a flat out boneheaded play. All right. Let's go to let's go to the. Do you want to touch on overtime, dude? That was five minutes of continuous over. That was three on three. And how about Drysital? God dumb, goddamn. How about Drysital on a breakaway? Holy crap! In overtime, dude, David Riddick. Can we just like get on our knees and thank God for this guy? This I guy thought, is a gamer. I thought you were gonna say get on your knees and do something else. <laughs> well, that too. This guy is a gamer. Leon Drysital, one of the best players in the league, beats your whole team, bears down on you. Save. No problem. Fucking huge. Big save dig. Big time big time moment. Big dick Rick. How many shootouts? This guy like the best shootout goalie ever? Yes. Like, here. Don't want to fuck anything out. I just knocked on wood. But my God. When he... I'm like so confident. It's the exact... You wonder why we suck? Everybody's like, oh, I hate shootouts because we suck. Take a look at who was in our net last year and maybe wonder why we suck at shootouts last year. When we like when the game last night went to a shootout, I'm like, we got this. Yeah, me too. You know how I knew? 
You had Mike Smith in one end. You had David Riddick in the other. Even if you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, there's no one really else on that team as good as those guys. I'm still confident. So confident. How do you get... Because Mike Smith's in net. And like you just said, we talked about this earlier. We lost seven shootouts in a row, followed by now we've won six in a row. Why? Because we don't have Mike Smith anymore. We have a goalie who's good in the shootout. Okay, so just to wrap up on overtime, that was three on three at its finest. That was fun to watch. I thought the whole game was. I almost shit my pants I, watching it. I thought the but whole game was fun. I thought the whole game was like that. And, but yes, I posted this to Instagram. Rasmus Anderson was a beast in overtime. Connor McDavid comes bearing down on him. Yeah, I noticed that the as well. Best player in the entire world comes flying in on you. Who night after night makes defensemen look like absolute fools. Blowing by them. He tries to go... And you've seen him do this a hundred times. He beats Gio like this all the time. I've seen him beat Brody like this a million times. He tries to make the move to go to his back end to his forehand to break by Rasmus. Rasmus, perfect gap. Just pokes the puck away. He made... Rasmus Anderson made Connor McDavid look like a peewee. Yeah. Rasmus Anderson... And I'm not even, like, trying to show throw shade. No. Like, it just shows how good Rasmus is. Can't, like... Wow. He made that look so easy. He made... Defending Connor McDavid looks so easy right he, there. I'm willing to say, because Mark Giordano is having a, having a rough season, Rasmus Anderson is our number one defenseman right now. Yeah. And the fact that we've got our number one defenseman wrapped up for the next five years bodes well for Brad Shea Living. It was one of the best moves he's made, I think, as a GM. Well, and He was so good last night. And remember how we acquired him. Sven. He traded Sven Birchie to the That's Vancouver Canucks. Four draft picks. For a second round draft, draft pick. Brad. Anyways, like, I thought Rasmus was great last night. Shillington was great too, but I mean, specifically in overtime, Rasmus was great. I thought Brody was. Why didn't Brody shoot five hole on that give and go? Mike Smith's five hole was Kay. so gaping. That. On Brody's breakaway, you mean? Yes. Made? That was probably the worst break or breakaway attempt I've ever seen. It was seen. such a good play, that little give and go. I was like, Brody. And I was like, oh, shh. There's literally. Anywhere you could have done anything else, he buries it into his back. That was terrible. It was bad. It was a good play. Well, what do you expect? It's Brody. It was a really good play. It's kind of like, oh, dry saddle comes down. Oh my god, it's dry saddle. And then, oh my god, it's Brody. Uh oh. But again, like, not to keep harping on Johnny Gaudreau, but I mean, like, I've seen that guy. We've watched him for six years in Calgary. He's been one of the best overtime players in the league. He did nothing in overtime last night. Yeah. Like, did he create a chance? No, he looked totally... He didn't look confident. He didn't look like Johnny Gaudreau. I'm just so concerned about this guy. Johnny, if you're listening, come on, dude. We love you. We want to support you. He'll be fine. He's going to pull it around. Watch. So that was a fun overtime. David Riddick stole the show in overtime. Okay. He gets the shootout. Does the fucking bat flip. (laughs) On all three, though. He was, like, hilarious on all three. Oh my like, god. Like, is this guy one of the most entertaining guys in the league? Yes. He's so good and he so is. funny and so engaging and so lovable. He's easily. I'm buying a Riddick jersey. He End of story. Easily one of the most entertaining guys so, in the league. Is Sean Monaghan the only one? I guess Kachuk is the only other shooter, but I mean, like, why aren't they shooting five hole all night? I knew he was going to shoot five hole. Speaking of making things look easy, that five hole is so open. Like, and you know Smith was thinking he was doing the Sean Monaghan top corner. Oh, ball. yeah. He fuck yeah. Buries it. Sean Monaghan, under, not underrated, but I look, boy. Yeah. Not just because of the fight. That was, it was like game. That was a good game from Sean Monaghan. Did you hear McDavid's comment after the game? Which one? How he's, he's breaking down the game and oh, then he's yeah. like, and then they they won in the skills com- in the skills competition they won. You're goddamn right we did, Connor. Yeah, you know who didn't win in the skills competition? You, you loser. You or Dry Saddle. You both and lost. They keep whining about the dumb posts. Okay, all the Edmonton fans, this is all they have. It's like, did you watch the officiating? They're basically the Edmonton is saying Ritter he shouldn't be celebrating. He's lucky he got bailed out by the posts. Yeah, I got incredibly nuts. And this is like okay, I don't want to spend too much time on this. This is fucking annoying, but still. This is what we're talking about with Oilers fans, where it's like if you and I were watching our own team, yeah. and we came down and hit the post, I'd be like, fuck Bennett, can't you bury the exactly. fucking puck? Exactly. Why do you have to hit the post every fucking time? But you flip the script. Like, they're just mad at Would the Would you world. ever say, like, fucking 
Marc-Andre Fleury got lucky because we hit the post twice in a shootout. How is that on Mike? How is that? Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It, it's, it's the thing, the reaction. Like, it's one thing, like, if I was watching that game, I probably would be like, God damn it, Bennett or whoever, why'd you hit the post? But it'd also be like, stupid Oilers, they just got lucky. But I wouldn't, like, drag it out to the extreme that these people drag it out to, where it's like their whole existence is based on the fact that life isn't, it's not fair. It's like sports aren't fair sometimes. Last time I checked, oh, it's not fair. Oh, we deserve to win. Oh, we deserve to make the playoffs more than once in the last 13 years, but we didn't because we suck and we still think we're great. It's like, can you just shut up and watch the game? And like this guy said at the beginning of the goddamn thing, can you just take a loss? Exactly. Is it that hard? Is it really that hard? Like literally, when we lose and we stink, I don't. We're generally more mad about how the Flames perform than how the other what. I'm weird. pissed off at my own team. Exactly. Not the other team. It's so weird. Like again, we even won last night, and I'm like, Jeff Ward needs to fix his shit. I'm not like. Oh, Dave Tippett fell out of the goons to the chill. It's like, I could care less about what the Oilers do. Why are they so obsessed with what the other teams do? I don't get it. All right. I don't want to spend time on it because it just... done. I hate it. I know. I hate it too, but they always come at... They, and the other thing is too, like, they seek out... It's true. ...other fans. It's like, it's you like, lose to the Flames and they come to you and they're like, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. Riddick got lucky. It's like, okay... Whatever. Yeah, you guys are so lucky. Oh, how do you like having a turtle? It's like, we've won three games against you this year. Why can't you just, like, look at how... Like, shouldn't you be looking at your own team and being like, why do we keep losing to the Calgary Flames? Right. Having a tough season. They can't score. Johnny Gaudreau's dumped dick all year, and you've lost to them three times. Shouldn't you be mad that your team sucks? It's kind of weird how... get it. When we beat them, it's because of something we did. Exactly! That, like, is... We shouldn't have done. Oh, wow, we hit the post. Oh, okay. Anyways, right, let's drop it. Okay, we're going to wrap this up with uh, the St. Louis. We'll do a quick recap against St. Louis because as a whole, and I said this to you earlier, you're coming off a break. I feel like Talbot didn't really give you a good chance to win against St. Louis. If Riddick's in net, you win that game. Yeah. So I feel like you played well against St. Louis. I think we actually we won more of the analytics department oh, metrics. We, we dominated, yeah. So that was a good game. I think we deserved a better outcome. And then you play back-to-back. And again, Edmonton didn't have to think about Dick since the last time they played us. Yeah, no. But we had to like keep all these games in between, right? So... The fact that they still had to play another game before the Battle of Alberta with all this drama going on. Yeah. And they, they had an excellent yeah, game. Yeah, pretty good game, yep. Back to back. I'm pretty impressed with the last two games. Well again, given all those things. And I and I totally I'm with you, I agree with you on all the all the points of bones of contentions with this team still. But at the same time, I'm pretty happy with what we saw the last two games. And nights. I know I've been bitching about Kudrow against the others, but he and Monahan were excellent against the Blues. Yes. And I even said... Like, they were phenomenal. We lost, but if Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan play like that, more often than not, this team is a legitimate playoff team. Like, we need more of that from Johnny Gaudreau specifically, because he was great. And th- they were probably the only two guys who were like, wow, those two guys were really good. I thought Sam, again, like I said, I've really liked Sam Bennett's last two games. He's been great. I haven't minded Michael Backlund at, in his proper role. Right. At center where he should be. Why is it? Why is it so easy for us to see this? We've been clamoring about this since the summertime. Anyway, that's the other thing I liked about last night is when you can roll Monahan, Lindholm, Backlund, Ryan. That helped. Like, and I know Derek Ryan has played very well this season, but when you can roll him on your fourth line, yeah, that is a huge advantage for your team. He's the perfect fourth exactly. line center. He's, he's a he's a utility guy. Exactly. Like, he's not a he's not a permanent fixture in your top six so that's why it's so important for these guys to be slotted appropriately so i thought johnny goudreau had really good game against the blues and that's why maybe that's why i was kind of disappointed and like he was mostly invisible he wasn't invisible but he wasn't like you know like you know john fuck him i hate to keep harping on it last night but it's just like he had such a good game well it's like i said previously it's like you kind of see these flashes this year where it's like has a really good game and then the next game he's invisible he looked like ass last night so, I really want to. So, 
I really want to see Sam Bennett with those two guys or Matthew Kachuk. Because I, I think right now Buddy Robinson he was great against the Blues, but I mean, like, come on, this is not a long term solution. I thought he was fine last night. He was fine, but I mean, like, would he be, I, I it's would like we say with Lucic, he'd probably be doing just as good, if not better, playing those minutes on a four line role. The thing is, is Brad Tree Living needs to fucking do his job. One hundred percent. Like it's it's up to Brad Tree Living to find that solution. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, the Blues. Three, three for three on the power play. The first three, three power plays. Kachuk, what a difference having a deadly power play makes. Kachuk scores a bit of a lucky one. Monahan scores in the slot. Monahan scores in the slot again. Three for three. I think I know where you're going with this. Where am I going? Go well, on. then you get a power play in overtime. <laughs> well, and Jan- let's just give Janko some props. No, he's good again. Like, why was he in the lineup last night? Again, that's not that doesn't seem to be great player management, roster management by. Jeff Ward, this guy has struggled, has been fighting it so hard all year. Finally gets a goal. Finally gets another goal. Scratched. Because Reader played on the Edmonton Oilers. It's absurd. Reader played. It's absurd. Reader played on the Edmonton Oilers. So like if I'm Mark Jankowski, I'm like, get me on the next plane to fucking Timbuktu. I want out of here. It's it's really sentimental it's for stupid. for Reader to play against the Edmonton it's Oilers. Absolutely stupid. Anyways, Bennett sick play to Janko tight. Yeah, Sam Bennett. Or I think we up. We're up again. Like every, I'm. I don't want them to trade Sam Bennett because I think he could. No. He's. Uh, I'm just. And again, count me as somebody who's always been like, yeah, I don't know about Bennett. With the way Bennett's playing right now, chance. If you ship him out, and you're wait not, till the playoffs, you guys. The way he's playing right now, if you ship him out, you're not getting much back. Exactly. Better than that, you're not, especially when it comes to playoff time. So then, I think the biggest problem against the Blues against the Blues was you get a power play in overtime. And you don't have. And there's so you have someone. Let's let's frame this. Let's, you, let's you frame go it ahead. real quick. Sure. You so have, it's in overtime. You have, you have a four on three power play. You're in overtime against the Blues. You have a guy. He's pretty good. He, he's a pretty good goal scorer. Probably your most prolific goal scorer since Jerome McGinley. Um, he's already had two power play goals in that same game. He also leads the franchise all time. In overtime game-winning goals. In overtime game-winning goals. He's fourth in game-winning goals as a whole. All-time for the fran- franchise? Yep. Yeah, I think we should probably have Lucic out there instead. Make sure he's on the bench. You know, Lynn Holmes has been really bad tonight. Make sure he's out there. I know you all know this, but if some of you didn't get to watch the game, who do we have out there? We had... It was Lynn Holm, Kachuk, Gio, and Johnny. Why wouldn't you have Monaghan? Like, like, that's Super like, like, The guy's got two power play goals on the night? And if, and if you want it... If you want Lindholm Kachuk out there, then you put Johnny with Monty on the next fucking unit. Like, you don't separate those two. Like, what is he thinking? In overtime. Like, that's... On a power play. So absurd. Like, the best overtime goal scorer on your team, the guy who's your best sniper, the guy who leads the franchise in overtime goals, and you have him on the bench. You got him on the bench. In overtime on a power Not play. only that, he wasn't even on the second power play unit. And not only that, but one of the best duos this league has seen. In overtime specifically. In league history probably. Like that's unexcusable for With, Jeff Ward to do that. In Monty and Johnny, you don't have them together. Like how do you do that? That's why you said it. I said it. People are saying it. He's lost me. Like that specifically, and in the grand scheme of things, that's probably a very small thing. But that lost me. I was like, this is this coach doesn't How? know what he's doing. How do you do that? This is some Glenn Gulletson level stubbornness, weird, weird, like, I don't even know what to call it. It's this, this weird sentimental thing of being a player's coach. It's it's weird. It's like it's like, but, but it's like then, he's trying to be progress. It's like he's oh I got an idea. It's like you know those guys who have weird ideas that are just stupid. It's like that. It's like I got a really good idea. Let's fool them. Let's fool them by putting our best player on after. <laughs> It'll fool them. And then the thing is, is like it's like what? Talk about low resolution. Like seriously, man. That was a really boneheaded. That was like an AHL-level coaching move. Oh, yeah. You know what I was going to say? The thing is, you think the players don't notice that? And they're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. If you're Sean Monahan, if you're Johnny Gaudreau, you're like, where the fuck was Sean Monahan? Exactly. You're like, what the hell's going on here? 
it just, it just it, it really it really pissed me off to be honest. And so like you're not giving your ch- you're not giving your team when you don't when you intentionally don't give your chance your team the best chance to win it pisses me off. Yeah. That's why these lines piss me off because you're not giving your team you're not putting your team in the best position to succeed when you've got Ronaldo and Reader in over Jankowski and Dubé. You're not putting your team in the best position to succeed when you refuse to split up Noah Hannafin and Travis Hammond. You're not putting your team in the best position to succeed when you got Sean Monahan on the bench in a power play in overtime. You're just not. I'm sorry. You're not putting your team in the best chance to succeed when you put Cam Talbot in against, or when you put, uh, fuck, in Ottawa. David Riddick. David Riddick. Like, what are you doing, Jeff? The game before an all-star break. The guy's going to the all-star game. And in all those situations that you just rattled off, I'm telling you, man, the players notice. They take note. And like it trust goes two ways. You always hear about, oh, the, the that coach really trusts to put that player out in the last two minutes. Well, it goes both ways. The players need to know that the coach is going to put the right players out in the last two minutes. 100%. How can they? They can't. They can't truly buy into what this coach is selling when he does fucking amateur hour shit like that dude it's totally you know what that's what it is it's amateur hour that's what it is like and i think there's a reason like and i don't mean to shit all of this guy because he seems like a very nice guy he's probably a really competent hey seems like a great guy guy. hey seems like a great person but like there's a reason he probably hasn't been an nhl head coach in in his time in the league there's a reason he's probably an assistant coach there's a reason why glenn gulletson was fired from two head coaching positions and is now an assistant coach with one of the worst franchises in the league because he's not a good head coach. Which always, you, this is like, you always follow the breadcrumbs back if you want to, you know, what's that saying? You always follow, follow the money if you want to find, it always comes back to Bradstreet Living. It does. It, I'm, I, and I'm sorry, like, it does. The fact that he had, he needs to get it, he needs to get this shit together now. Whether that's coaching, whether that's acquiring a top six player, he's got him again. Like I've been hard, it makes me mad when you don't give your team the best chance to win. Bradtree Living right now, the way he's managing his team, the players he's brought in, the coaching moves he's made, he's not giving his team the best chance to win. Did you see Milan Lucic do dick last night? Look, this guy signed Ronaldo Reader. James Neal didn't do much either. So for the player player swap. Whatever it is, I'm, what it I'm is. I'm just saying that's, but who, I, that's who he brought in. Right? But if you're looking at your books, that's who he targeted and said we're gonna get that guy because he's yeah. gonna help the team. And if and he, he doesn't, and if and if you're gonna listen to his rationalization of why you brought him in, what role you want him to fulfill, he didn't do dick last night. Well, okay. I didn't actually. I didn't really mind his game, but I get where you're coming from. Well, and for me, it's more about like then if you're paying Lucic that much money to do that, why is Ronaldo in over Dubé? Well, and that's the thing is that when you look at the salary and how much it's never going to make sense ever. So we just have to like it's one of those things that you just, we just have to like let it go. I can't let it go because it doesn't make the team better. I know, but not letting it go so, serves like, zero purpose now. I, I at don't this know, point, I don't know where this goes with Jeff Ward. Like I know he's here to the end of the season. I know Brad's not going to make that move. So Jeff Ward needs to figure this out. Like he really does. Like I'm like he needs to figure out the power play. He needs to get these line, these forward lines, back to some sort of well, effective. But like in the something against St. Louis, I think that those are the best I've seen the lines. Yeah, outside of Dubé on the fourth. Yeah, and then even in last night, I was pretty happy with most of it outside of well, Dubé. Should have been in for sure. Maybe sit Jankowski for for someone that has a little bit more physicality. But I would still probably have went with Jankowski and Dubé. So we'll see. But those are those are minor things compared to pre All Star break because yeah. the Lions were fucking a disaster. Yeah, and again, like last night, like I think you saw it. That's why having back in the center is so important. So rolling four centers like that, like again, Derek Ryan, yes. player. But when you can roll out those centermen, you feel so much better about your team. It's key. It's super key. And it's you know what it's nice that we're actually seeing Elias. He's solidifying a center position. Yeah, for sure. And I thought he was actually not very good last night, but he was good. At, well, he wasn't he, great he good was, against the Blues either. He was kind of like not great, but not bad either. Yeah. So I don't know the line again. We talk about lines a lot on this on this show. I don't know why we're so obsessed with it. I think it's because like you can see what potential is there and how we want the team to perform. I think at this point. 
I know I keep harping on Lindholm and center, but I don't know. I don't know if he's better served on the wing. I really want to see Bennett get an extended chance with either Backlund or Monahan and Gaudreau. And I think the next move, like you have to see Kachuk with Gaudreau and Monahan. Like, he did it. To. He did it once last game. Yeah, I know, and I, it just like lights me up. It was. They did pretty good. They looked pretty so, good. So that's what I want to see more than anything right now. All right. So moving forward, Saturday night. So it's Thursday. You got two nights off. Edmonton plays St. Louis tomorrow, so we're getting them on the second half of a back-to-back. So it'll be interesting to see who they play in net. Yeah, you know what? They're because they'll probably go with. They'll probably go to Koskinen against the Blues. You, Smith was asked. Yeah, I bet you will see Smith again. Do you think we will? I bet you we will. I hope to God we do because that that improves our chances to win infinitely. While Koskinen's not very good either, but and then who do you, the Flames go to Redick for sure, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, he was so good. Dude, after that, you're falling up with Riddick. Yeah, totally. The guy did a fucking bat flip with a stick, with a goalie stick. Dude. NHL need... Have like, you ever seen no! anybody flip a stick before? Like, and the thing that's funny is that he was giving it to... He was being funny on the two posts, too. Like, with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. I didn't see anything. What did he, he do? Was, he wasn't doing much, but he was, like, kind of, you know... He was, like, cool. He was kind of flopping around and doing some weird antics. Yeah. Like, the dude is awesome. The NHL need, needs more of that. He's unreal. He's so good. All right. Should we wrap this shit up? Let's wrap it up. All right. This is a little bit of a longer one, but hey, it's the only one coming out this week because of the break. We wanted to wait till after the Edmonton game to do another podcast, but we'll be back early next week to recap Saturday night, Battle of Alberta, round four. Ding, ding, ding.